Dallas back on the fan. And look, here's the thing. I, I was driving into work yesterday, listening to Cardin Roberts at 2 o'clock, excited to hear their take on all the stuff that went down over the weekend. And instead of enjoying myself listening to the show, I found my blood starting to boil as Evan Roberts takes me and my SNY family to task on our breaking coverage on Friday night, which I thought, by the way, was brilliant. But anyway, I want to get Evan's take on this DeGrom stuff because, Ev, you and I and Evan Roberts is kind enough to join us now as we tape this as I'm at the SNY studios, of course, because Evan can't get up at three in the morning. (laughs) But... We've talked about this on your podcast, on the Rico Bronya podcast. We've talked about it off the air plenty of times. I want to get into the DeGrom stuff and find out our fundamental differences of where we are. But first, please explain to me why you had an issue with the breaking news coverage on SNY the other night. Here's why. All right. I felt like everybody was explaining how lucky we should feel as Met fans that the Grom is gone. We should be lucky we didn't give him five years. We should be so happy. Can you believe Jake took all the money? It felt, and I never felt this way about you, and that's where I should have said, except for Sal Licata. Everybody else sucked except for you. Because, <laughs> like, no, respectfully, I know you're a Met fan. So if I disagree with you, I know it's coming from a place of just being, you know, wrong. <laughs> not Not being a shill. And I really felt, and I stand by this, that a lot of your coworkers came across like shills that were holding the water for the Mets, trying to tell us dopey Met fans how we should be happy that the Grom is gone. It was a sad night. There was nothing happy about the Grom leaving. But you also said, and I appreciate the apology and saying you, you know, you grouped me in there. But you were saying, oh, did you need to come on to bring a difference of opinion? When I was on there and quote said, it is a sad day. And I want to get into the opinion stuff about where we stand on the Grom, but I, I'm curious to know. Like, Andy Martino reported the news. I said it was a sad day. However, the Mets are going to recover. They're fine. Like, who are you mad at if you're not mad at DeGrom? He's the one who left, so I'm curious. I'm mad at the Mets. For what? I'm mad at the Mets, Sal, because here's why. And tell me where I'm wrong here. Because I know I'm emotional about this. You described me, and I think you should say what you described me via text message. You <laughs> called me a what for Jacob DeGrom? Go ahead. A I'd DeGrom, love to hear it. A DeGrom, can I say this on the air? A DeGrom yes. ball washer. That's exactly <laughs> what you are. You know what? Here's the, here's the truth, bro. I kind of am. And I, look, I try to be honest, but I admit the guy became my favorite Met. And a, a big why he became my favorite Met is because I always felt he was disrespected. You know, from a lot of Met fans, Harvey's the ace, Syndergaard's the ace, this guy's the ace. Like, DeGrom was always disrespected. And I really think where the Mets screwed up is that they never came in with a big offer. I'm sorry. Jacob DeGrom opted out of a contract, and their big offer was reportedly three years, 110. And I'm sorry, compared to what he had on his contract, compared to what they offered and got Max Scherzer for, compared to what they eventually gave to Verlander. So here are the facts. They offered DeGrom less. Are you good with that? Yes, because I know why they did it. Now, why? A couple, couple of things. Why? No, tell me. Maybe that's why I'm pissed off no, at you. Why? I will tell you, but a couple of things. Number one. You said earlier too when you were talking uh, on your show and you were you know knocking me or whatever and, and saying that um, you know we don't agree on the Degrom thing and you were picking on the Mets. You were also saying though 
that I would never admit when I'm wrong. I do admit that you were right on DeGrom, and you were ahead of the curve on that. I fell in love with Harvey. I understand why people got behind Syndergaard. You were always correct to be behind DeGrom as the guy because he was clearly the best. Now, here's the thing. Number one, DeGrom never gave the Mets a chance to counter. So that clearly shows he didn't want to be here. Number two, you're right. They gave him a low ball offer because they didn't ultimately want DeGrom back because of the way that he was when he was here that you are ignoring because you're the fan as opposed to listening to information that is being said. What? And it's been proven about him. No, but what what information? The fact that he was not around the team a lot? Like, what is the thing besides health? That he, made the Mets say, we don't want him back. He didn't want to pitch, number one. It was a pain in the rear end to get him to actually pitch. He pitched 11 games this last year. He was a non-factor for him. And when he did, it was always something with him. He didn't even want to go deep. He didn't want to go. They had to have guys try to push him, and he didn't want to be a part of it. Now, maybe the damage was done from years past, but DeGrom, even if feeling healthy, wasn't really into it. Always complaining about New York, not wanting to be here. On the team bus, not being part of the pitchers group where they're looking over videos, things like that. Those little things that have been going on. And look, I'm not just talking to one person. I talk to a lot of different people about this stuff. I'm not there. I don't care to be there. But I hear this stuff, and it bothers me to hear that about Jacob DeGrom. But there's obviously a reason. This is not years past where they couldn't afford the player. They wanted the player, just not at that ridiculous offer. So, yeah, maybe they lowballed him an offer, seeing where he would go, seeing what other team would, would, would give him something. Ultimately, he got his money. And, by the way, I never knocked him for taking his money. But don't you trust Steve Cohen to do the right thing by this organization? It's different than years past. Well, I I love that Steve Cohen spends. I mean, and I admit that. Like, he quickly pivoted from losing to Grom to spending on Verlander, whether you think Justin's going to be healthy or not. Clearly, there's a commitment to spending, and I trust that. But what we're learning about from Steve Cohen, and I learned the lesson already, is that I don't think he cares that much about a lifelong Met. I don't think he cared that much about DeGrom retiring as a New York Met. And everything you just said about, well, he wasn't in this meeting. He didn't like this. We had to push him to pitch. A couple of things. Number one, he was hurt. You don't think he was really hurt? No, You think I don't. that Jacob not- DeGrom decided not to pitch the first half of 2022 because he didn't feel like it? Come I on. think No, I think he was hurt. I also think there were times where he could have pitched and didn't want to. Or what, times where he asked, he asked out of games and, and could have been in there for the seventh or eighth inning and wanted out. Okay. That that I can't deny. <laughs> that that I've, I've always wondered about. Right. But why in a contract year would Jacob DeGrom or any pitcher not want to pitch? That's the time where you would want to pitch because if DeGrom was pitching at a historic level, it would only increase his value. So okay. I never understood that. That like, sounds like something a crazy caller would say to the fan, like, oh, you don't want to pitch. You don't want to be out there. Why? In a contract I mean, year? Come on. He, he pitched 11 games. You do the math. Because he that, was like, hurt. Like The other thing is, and you said we disagree. I don't think that we do disagree because I wanted DeGrom back. No, you didn't. Chris, Sal, Sal, if you wanted him back, then why wouldn't you scream to the high Evans that the Mets did lowball him? They, what did they offer him? They thought he was going to accept that? I would have, t- yes, I would have taken it back at the right price. I don't want him back at five years, $185 million. I, no, and, hold on, hold on. And you say that. that. Well, hold on. Not even that. More so that I know he didn't want to be here. That's number one why I don't want him back. Well, the Mets didn't want him here either. Like the one thing I do agree with you on is what's evident is maybe he didn't want to come back, but the Mets didn't want him back. 
No, they really didn't. It's like if, if FAN comes to me or you and offers us a salary we know we're not going to take, we would take that as they don't really want us back. They're saying, well, yeah, we'll take you back at this price. Well, what do you mean? I got that. And I'm here. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> funny. I, I, I said, go offer DeGrom four years, 180. Pay him $45 million a year, which is a little bit above Max Scherzer, and give him a fourth year. If they offer him that, I'm not saying he says yes, Sal. There's a really good chance he didn't want to be here. I admit right. that. I, I, I'm not denying that. But you give yourself a better chance at bringing him back than offering him less than what you just paid Max Scherzer. And that's probably why DeGrom would tell his agent, don't even go back to the Mets. They're not in the same stratosphere. They're not even making an offer that's close. And look, it's over. I'm going to accept it. I'm a Met fan first. Right. You know that. And I'm going to root for Verlander. And I hope we laugh about this five years from now. I really do. Right. But it bothers me that the offers they were making for him came so far away from Texas. They were not seriously negotiating with Jacob DeGrom. I guess I have an issue then. Like, first of all, you want me or SNY to rip the Mets, which is something that yeah. you should know that I would do regardless. I mean, I, I know that's why I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I know. And I, and I get that. But I also don't think this was the spot for that. You could be mad just to be mad. You could be hurt to be hurt. But ultimately, how can you blame the Mets for not wanting to overextend for a guy that, regardless of what you believe or not, I think it's obvious he didn't want to be here. He also pitched 11 games last year. This is not coming off the 2018-2019 seasons. Now, that would be a different story. If this were 2019 or you know going into the 2020 season after those two years, then they'd have to give him a 10-year deal for $40 million. Like I wouldn't <laughs> care what it took. They'd have to bring him back. We are now years removed, so... When I last watched Jacob DeGrom, as did you, he was not that guy. Would I be shocked if he were ever that again? No. But how do you know when we last saw him, he wasn't vintage Jake? So right now, I can't believe I'm saying this about Garrett Cole, but I think Garrett Cole's the most reliable pitcher in baseball. He's the guy who goes out there and starts every five days. No matter what you think about him, he takes the ball every five days. I got to tell you right now, there's no one else who fits that. You know, right. Sandy Alcantara, but you know what I mean? Like, the high-end guys who are available. So every concern you have about Jake, which is absolutely fair, the guy hasn't pitched consistently over the last two years, I could make that concern about everybody. I'd have that concern about Carlos Radon. The guy's had one healthy season right. in his career. Verlander was great last year, but he's 40. He missed two seasons in a row in 20 and 21 from Tommy John. Do I know, do you know, that Justin Verlander's making 30 starts next year? No. And wouldn't you almost gamble that DeGrom at 35 with a thousand less innings on his arm may actually be the better choice in terms of who's going to pitch more in 2023? Is that really a crazy thing for me to say? No, it's not. But again, I think that you're, first of all, it was a gamble either way, right? And and for the record, I didn't love Verlander prior to being put in the spot where he was the best choice. I'd rather have him than Rodon. I'd rather – I think it's a great model for the Mets to load up on experienced, veteran, proven guys, short-term deals, big money per year. That's the right way to do it as you restock the form. You're not going to pay you know ridiculous seven, eight-year contracts for pitchers who could be so up and down year-to-year with health. Two-year deal, guys, a Cy Young winner, World Series, whatever. So I'm okay with that being that DeGrom left. 
However, the, again, you're looking at DeGrom as vintage Jake. I'm looking at him as a guy who doesn't want to be here, a guy who hasn't pitched, a guy who's been in the pain, a pain in the rear end, a guy who Scherzer's had to push and wasn't warm to it, a guy who left for a 68-win team. Like, oh, come on. No, 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 no. Hold no, on, hold true. on. true. He on. did. And I'm not planning on taking the money, but can't tell so, that he wanted to win. So, Max Scherzer left a how-many-win team to come to us. What were we? But we spent a lot of money, and we convinced Max we had a vision. Walk me through the difference between Scherzer coming to us and DeGrom going to Texas. What the hell's the difference? Well, the Mets have won more than the Rangers have. What, really? Yeah, the Rangers went to two World Series. I know it was a decade ago, but what the hell have we done? The, the, well, the Mets went to a World Series not too long ago. I mean, I know you're going to forget that. but also, look I'm not forgetting that. I'm saying we've basically done the same thing. Like, no, the, why the, was Max coming here? Great. It's fantastic. He wants to win. But DeGrom goes there for the same reasons. And we're like, what a loser. Like, that pisses me off hearing that because it's like not understanding what we just did to get Max Scherzer a year ago. I think it's a fair point. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not knocking the guys for taking the most money, but he left a 101 win team that he was drafted by, that he would have had his number up there next to Piazza and Seaver. He left to go to a loser franchise that all they do is sign, but they signed Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon last year. How'd that work out? Sal, 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 I'm sorry, man. Max Scherzer, I know he wasn't drafted by the Dodgers, had no history with the Dodgers. It's completely different from that point. Max Scherzer left the Dodgers to come to us. And people could have said the same thing about us. Like, I don't think the Mets and the Texas Rangers are that far off in terms of, hey, what is that franchise one? They're spending a lot of money now. They may not even be done yet. They may go get Carlos Redon too. My point is... I can't go down that line of let's mock Jake. He's a loser. All he cares about money. When all we did was celebrate Scherzer. No, no, no. Scherzer not, did the same thing. Th- there is an in-between. I'm not saying he's a loser. All he cares about is money. I think that it is clear that winning, especially here, was not his priority. Where people would say, remember DeGrom came out and said, oh, I like to be a Met my whole life. Or I like yeah. this. That's obviously not true. Because no, no, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. How can you say that when the Mets' offer to him was far, not not like sort of close, not even close to what Texas offered? They weren't in the same ballpark. What should he have done? Called the Mets and begged and said, listen, guys, I really want to stay. Please yeah. offer me more. Yeah, yeah. why wouldn't you? So you brought up the analogy before about fan or whatever. Why wouldn't you go back? If some other radio station comes to you and says, we're going to give you 10 times more, whatever, five times more than what you're making at fan, you're not going to listen to that and say, that's a great offer, and go back to the fan and say, hey, I don't want to leave. I love it here. However, look at how much money is on the table. You cannot blame me for taking that. Can you even get close to that? And then He had it easy. He could have made the Mets the bad guy, and he chose not to. If he did that, because look, here's the problem. I think just hearing everything that's happened over the last few days, I agree he probably didn't want to come back. So I'm not even arguing with you about that. I clearly the Mets didn't want him back. That's why they didn't make him a big offer. But let's say he did tell his agent, hey, go back to the Mets. Give them a chance to match. And the Mets said, hey, sorry, we can't match. Would that change your entire view on Jacob DeGrom and how this played out? Would it really? I, I, I think it would make it more difficult to pin DeGrom as the bad guy. Look, two things are true. He didn't want the Mets, and ultimately they didn't want him. And, you know, whether you love him or not, Andy Martino was plugged in, and he again today basically said that DeGrom let the Mets off the hook. 
because they were preferring Verlander and his deal to whatever DeGrom was ultimately going to get. But they also knew the fan base, guys like yourself, would be ticked off if the Mets didn't try to bring DeGrom back. So they kind of played it halfway where they did lowball him an offer. It was a significant offer, but nowhere near what the Rangers gave him. DeGrom never went back to them, which gave them the easy out of saying, hey, we tried. He didn't want to be here. We moved on to Verlander. So, but, but that's the problem with this whole thing, and that's why it's so disappointing. And the analogy I used on the air is we're the kids – and mom and dad got divorced, and they didn't want to be with each other anymore. Right. Like, I admit that. The Mets didn't want him. He didn't want the Mets. And look, the whole thing stinks. I mean, we're, we're diehard fans. We've been fans for a long time, and I think there's something special about having a Hall of Fame player spend his entire career with one team. We thought we were going to get that with David Wright. Unfortunately, injury robbed him of it. I thought we were going to get that with Jacob DeGrom, and obviously this situation has robbed us of that. And it stinks. Like, I want to see him win a World Series. I hope Verlander's amazing. I hope Scherzer's amazing. I hope DeGrom does fine. Like, if DeGrom does fine and we win, who cares? But it just stinks. The whole thing stinks. And, look, I'm ready to move on. We're all ready to move on. Right. But I think as a fan, this one hit me. And what bothers me is that, you're in the majority. Like, I'm fighting the uphill battle here. I think most Met fans were done with him. And so it hurts because it feels like his entire time here, it was always, eh, he's all right. Like, he was never loved as a Met. And so as a Met fan, from beginning to end, it stinks. That's the it, way I look. It, the whole thing stinks, bro. Last one, and I want to move on to a couple other things with you real quick. I, I just... You're you're upset, but you're picking it on the wrong. Like it didn't work out. There's a reason why certain Met fans like myself are okay with them moving on. There's a reason why the Mets moved on. This is not losing Zach Wheeler, where that you could be like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing here? You can't, you get a trade for Marcus Stroman and go the cheap route, as opposed to signing a guy who you draft or who you traded for and wanted to develop here and pay him and have him here as the better pitcher. That was a problem with the organization. This is different. This is the two sides not, you know, it's not 2018, 2019. The two sides, for whatever reason, not getting along. I I don't, you could be mad, you could be upset, but it doesn't really matter who you're upset at. There's a reason why it fell apart. And I guess I just don't understand why you don't trust Steve Cohen and the organization. No, no, I, I trust Steve to spend money. What I don't trust about Steve Cohen, and maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world, I admit that, is I don't get the vibe he has any emotional attachment now to the players that are career Mets. I think he's a he's a shrewd businessman, and this came down to a business decision. You right. basically pointed it out. They preferred the short-term risk with Verlander compared to the longer-term risk with Jake, and I think it shows you that he's a businessman, and he didn't have that emotional attachment that the fan base had, which makes me wonder, not worried, wonder about Pete Alonso in two years. Makes me wonder, like, is there going to be a, well, yeah, we like Pete. This isn't a good investment. Let's move on. And that's what I wonder about moving forward. All right, speaking of one of those guys, and look, I'd be shocked if that were the case with Alonzo down the road, but speaking of one of those guys, Brandon Nimmo, I think Nimmo is overrated by many people, not just the Met fan, but by the analytic people in baseball who are in love with him. Uh, not that I don't want him back. I want him back in addition to a big bat. Where you stand on Brandon Nimmo? I think he'd be very difficult to replace. And so I'd prefer to keep him because I think the alternatives, they're just not nearly as good. I mean, signing Andrew Benintendi is not nearly as good. They're not going to go, at least I don't get the impression, they're going to go big game hunting and really change the look of this lineup if they lost Nimmo. So 
I think he's a very solid player. He proved he could stay healthy last year. Hopefully that would stay and continue over a five- or six-year deal. He's become a real solid defensive center fielder. He's got pop. He gets on base. He's just the best option out there. So I'd prefer to wake up one morning and see that Brandon Nimmo remains with the Mets. Yeah, my my problem with that is, and again, I know I'm going to sound like I'm knocking Nimmo, and I guess I kind of am. He's not a great defensive player. While he's improved, he plays way too deep. He's got no arm. He's got no speed. He doesn't hit for power. He doesn't hit for a high average. So you're paying, which people are saying is going to be $150, $160 million for a guy who's eh, okay. He's the best option available because there are no good options. I don't know if I like that. And then my question would be, let's say they do bring it back. Well, then how is this team getting better? It drives me nuts that Epler continues to talk about pitching, 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 pitching. We saw that model fail last year. How are they getting better then this year? Well, how would they get better, though, if they lost Brandon Nemo? I mean, unless you're saying, hey, go sign Aaron Judge, which right. they're not involved in, or go sign Carlos Correa and change the look of the infield, which probably hurts you defensively because you end up with Beatty in left field and Marte in center and McNeil in right, or however you want to kind of put it together. So I get what you're saying. Brandon Nimmo is not a perfect baseball player. Um, he gets on base a lot, which I think is pretty damn important when you're talking about a leadoff hitter. Right. He became a triples machine last year. He always has an OPS over 800, and I think he's better defensively than you give him credit for. I mean, you're right, he doesn't have a good arm, and he does play too deep. So the two things you said about his defense I agree with, but I still think overall he's a solid defensive center fielder. And so if you lose him, even though it's going to take overpaying to keep him, I just don't know how you get better overall. You talk about wanting to get better. Okay, well, how do you do it if you're starting by losing Brandon Nimmo in the prime of his career? Right. Well, I, that's why I'm saying it's got to be Nimmo plus. So, I, I mean, the guy I want is Correa. I, they need an impact bat. However you get there, I really don't care. You want to bring Nimmo back? Fine. It cannot be, well, Nimmo's our big offensive acquisition. No. Because then I don't see them getting any better. Oh, Alvarez and Beatty. No, not Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I know you hate to hear that, and a lot of Met fans do, and I'm in favor of letting two big-time prospects, and they are, and they're ready, play. Because maybe they're the bat we need. And the way I'd view it is Alvarez gets a chance to catch a lot, DH a lot. Beatty's going to get a chance to play third base, which could mean Escobar plays second, McNeil in the outfield. There's a lot of options that go along with it. If those guys are as good as everybody thinks they are, not just the Mets, they're highly touted prospects, then there's your impact bat. And if it doesn't work, then I think you'd have to treat the deadline a lot more aggressively than it was treated this past season. But I'm in favor of of giving Alvarez and Beatty the opportunity to be the guys because they're highly touted. Don't you want to see them play and see if they're the answers? Yes, but when I look around and see the Braves line up and when I look at what the Philadelphia Phillies are doing now, adding Trey Turner, the Mets, they don't stack up. I mean, they just don't stack up offensively. And you've seen this in the postseason where the bats at times, and I always used to be about the pitching, always. It hasn't worked. It failed miserably last year where they had it set up exactly the way that they wanted it to with a healthy DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett for both the Brave Series and the Wild Card Series, and they got punched in the face and were never able to recover. I want another powerful bat. Could that be Alvarez? Maybe, but why not add on top of it just in case he's not? I I know this is tough to, to kind of digest now because I want to win immediately, especially when you have Verlander and Scherzer in your rotation. But I also think a part of it is that Shohei Otani's a free agent at the end of the year. 
Juan Soto is a free agent at the end of next year. And if you have to lock yourself in on a mega contract for Carlos Correa, as much as Steve Cohen spends, and I do appreciate that, even if I disagreed with his aggressiveness around Jake, he spends. You have to wonder, are they going to be able to pay all of those guys? And so I really think that's a part of why they're not that aggressive for another bat. That A, they want to see what Alvarez and Beatty are, but also I think they're going to be the top suitor for Shohei Otani, which fills two holes if they're able to get him at the end of next year. Agreed, and I'll leave you with this, and I do appreciate the time. Do you or would you trade for Otani at the trade deadline? If Now, I don't know what it's going to cost. It's obviously not going to be the same as Soto because you had an extra year with Soto. This is a, basically a rental until he hits free agency. Would you give up either Alvarez or Beatty plus to get Otani at the deadline? Oh, man. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's an impossible question. It's tough because, A, if you do it, you don't win and Otani doesn't like New York. It's a disaster. I mean, it's it's a disastrous trade. A part of me would want to wait until free agency where you just throw a ton of money at him. You don't have to give up any prospects and you try to pull it off. But if we're sitting here in July – and the Mets, again, look like a championship contender, and they could use a big bat, and who couldn't use Otani as like a third starter, right. then my view may be different. So I think it's easy now, you know, in the middle of December, to say I'm not trading anybody for him. But we talk about this in late July. I think we'd both be much more aggressive, that's for sure. And I will say that, you know, I told you I didn't think DeGrom was going to stay, uh, that he'd eventually leave. I-, I think they're getting Otani. I just don't know when or how. And I don't even know myself if I would give up Alvarez or Beatty. I think it's happening. And I think you nailed it. That's a big part yes. of why they were not in on Judge at all, why they're not rumored to be on any of the big bats. That's the guy that they want. That's the other thing that pissed me off about you. All right? So yeah. I didn't. I, I had no problem with your SNY coverage. It was everybody else. But I didn't like your little tweet about, I told you guys. Really? Did you want to have to give us a told you so about Jacob DeGrom? I told yes. you. Yeah, Why are you giving us a told you? It's frustrating, screaming into the microphone, by the way, at 3 a.m. in the morning when nobody's listening, or yelling out on TV, and, and people are not understanding. And that's what bothers me about people who are not listening to Martino. If you paid attention, he knows. He is. He, he said the Mets weren't going to be on an Aaron Judge. He called Flack for it. It's a factual report. He broke the Verlander story. He was right about DeGrom all along, and him not wanting to be here. The Mets may be being lukewarm on him. So, yeah, it was one of those things where I would say it on the overnight, and people didn't want to believe it. So you're right. I probably shouldn't have done that at that particular time, but I was hurt and hurt people hurt people. Why, why why were you hurt? You didn't even want the guy back. You basically said he's a miserable back. I told Ah, you I wanted him back. You didn't want him back. You didn't want him back. You're happy. He's gone. You're going to root for his failure in Texas. Oh, that may be true. The second part of that. I am not happy that he's gone. I can't root for him. I I will boo his pants off when he comes back to city field. Really? See, I was about to ask you that. You're going to boo. I see. I'd give him a standing ovation. The guy was a great Met. You know what I mean? And, and it's a mutual breakup. The Mets didn't want him. He comes back. He actually pitches that game, which we'll see. I'm standing up and cheering the guy. Now, Thank you for second. your time. You got on me in 2006 when I was cheering for Piazza when he came back. Well, no, 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 no. I was getting on you after he hit a home run cheering him. I had no problem cheering him when he came back. He hit a freaking home run, and you're like, yay! Two. You, Didn't he hit two and almost a third that night yes. in San Diego? Yes. <laughs> like, I'll cheer Jake. Then I'm going to start booing him once the game starts. I'm not going to cheer when he strikes out Lindor on three pitches. I did not want him to leave. This is an unfortunate circumstance for the Mets and their fans 
Dude, isn't it always something? You know, if they can't afford the player, it's one thing. Now they can afford him, but he doesn't want to be here. They really don't want him at that price. That's the aggravating thing, and that's why I was sad and angry and hurt, even though I was preparing myself for this. By the way, these are all things that I said on that breaking news coverage of the night that you must not have heard. But even though I was preparing myself for this, it still hurts. It sucks. Now, the good news is we know that Steve Cohen and the Mets will move on, as they already did with Verlander. That's the good thing. Why are you being so negative all the time? I was only negative in the moment. I'm hurt he's not here, but I'm excited about the future, and hopefully they go out and win a freaking World Series. Wouldn't that be nice? Thank you, Evan. I appreciate the time. Well, there you have it. I called up with Evan Roberts a little bit earlier. Nice, uh, you know, he was nice enough to take the time and give us a half hour as we go back and forth. It kind of in circles about the DeGrom stuff. He just doesn't get it. Evan loves DeGrom and that's it. And he's loved, as I gave him credit during the interview, he's loved DeGrom since day one where a lot of us either were drawn to Harvey like myself. See, I had that emotional connection to Harvey. That one broke my heart. The way that, you know, not necessarily that he left because by the end it was like, get the, get this guy the hell out of here. But the fact that Harvey got to the point where it did, that one hurt me. I was emotionally connected to him. Oh, the people got involved with Syndergaard and Thor and DeGrom just all along was the most consistent, most reliable, and turned out to be the best by far and the most dominant of the bunch. But he wanted out. Man, it makes you look back. I didn't really think too much on this. And I know, you know, it was brought up, Gary Apple brought it up, as a matter of fact, on that Friday night, the breaking news show that we did. But haven't really had too much time or taken too much time to reflect on it. But all the talk about that pitching and all the hype and the buildup and 13 and 14, and then obviously seeing the Mets get to the World Series in 15. And now here we are in 2022, about to be 2023. And they're all gone for different reasons. Harvey fell off. Wheeler, they didn't sign. Jake wanted out. Syndergaard wanted out. Matt's wanted out. Now, obviously, the majority of them are still pitching in the big leagues, not as effectively with Matt's, with Syndergaard. Wheeler's still on top of his game as good as he's ever been, and you know we'll see what the Rangers get out of the Grom, but... Crazy to think back to all those arms that the Mets once had and how they built their team and they did have that World Series run. But that is now over. And the one thing, like I was saying, that I'd like to see is a little more balance from this team. If they could build it with some bats for a change. 